and also feel free to use models. Um, and not a lot of writers do it, but I, I must say that I've done it at times. Um, my a second novel that I wrote called The Rundown, uh, I'd written a very autobiographical first novel. I was out of money and needed a second. There was a time that Chinatown had come out, and I began to play with the, the film Chinatown. I began to just play with the form and make various kinds of substitutions, and it wasn't uh, great at first, and, 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 but, and that was just the, the very skeletal beginning. But that over time, it really began to change, and I've done that again and again, whether it's Conrad's Heart of Darkness or whether it's um, a story by Kafka. It's perfectly all right sometimes to, to do imitations and just see where it can take you. The other thing is about writing novels. I would say uh, keep a notebook and uh, write every day. One of the things is you'll just find things when you're not forcing yourself to write fiction uh, and you're forced to examine yourself in a certain way, uh, you begin to get closer and closer to the things that you, maybe you should be doing. I'm a very unsuccessful journalist, but the one thing that it, it has always done, it always gets me out there. I always say, hi, I'm here from so-and-so magazine. And I, you know, so they talk to me. If I'm telling them I'm just writing a novel, they never won't tell you a thing. They just think you're crazy. Uh, but it was just, sometimes I think you just need to f fill up the, uh, the empty um, picture. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to, and to get, out, get out there, talk to people, look at things, write things down. I keep lots of little notebooks. I go to the settings and I just write down everything. I'll have little um, books with names of uh, wildflowers and I'll have the histories of this and that and whatever. So I, I like doing that kind of work. A lot of writers do much less of it, um, but it's been, that's been very helpful to me. And it, it drives me crazy to get things wrong. Now, there are going to be problems you, when you're writing autobiographical stuff. A lot of times it takes a long time to find out where the story is. In, in fact, it can take years really quite honestly. And I think one of the things I'm going to discuss later is the fact that uh, when you commit yourself to writing a novel, it, more likely it's, it's not an enterprise that's going to take one or two years. It's more likely it's going to take you five to seven or even longer. I mean, that's been, that quite honestly has been my experience with first novels. It's, it takes a long time to, uh, to develop these skills. <laughs> okay. This is funny about autobiography. First of all, if people ask you if your books are autobiographical, always deny it. Just deny it. You know, but, uh, you know, Lenny Bruce's thing. It's, he says if they got pictures, deny it. You know, whatever. No, no, it was supposed to me. That's not. I don't know how you could have thought that. Um, but more seriously, one one of the things that happens, I think, is just in the act of making something a narrative, uh, characters have to change. They become composites. Okay. Uh, I think the first thing to look at is not to worry about that fiction, nonfiction problem, but to worry about the, pro the, the problem of narrative, figuring out exactly what the story is uh, and who those characters are, an emphasis on characters uh, and character motivation. If you get far enough inside, those, they, they begin to change. You know, there are things a novel can do that nonfiction just can't. Yeah. Now, there's a whole other thing about... Uh, um, screens and uh, hiding oneself in fiction. Um, sometimes, you know, you change uh, eye colors, you know, to protect yourself against lawsuits. Why, why writers go to such pathetic 
I don't, what, what pathetic defenses we all use. I've written about friends in books and they've never recognized themselves. It's really amazing. I'm amazed, you know? Here's the big problem with one big problem with autobiographical works, which is that it's amazing how often the central character is the least likable character in an autobiographical novel. All the other characters are wonderful, and really, because you see them from all sides. How many autobiographical novels have run the risk of being known, becoming whiny, self-pitying, self-indulgent? You know, one thing that's always the charge that's let you, you know, you've got to look out for it. I mean, there's reasons why you want to do it, too. It's also, also, most first novels are autobiographical. To one, the successful ones are also autobiographical. But uh, you really have to look at it. And sometimes people are really too close to the experience. Um, to, with my classes, I say in the beginning, uh, and when they're running these absolutely sort of superficial imitations of dynasty, I'll say, I mean, they, the names are even the same, Winston Carrington III. <laughs> to find, I said, find the most powerful, I mean, it's just it's a simple information, advice, but find the most powerful experience of your life and write about it. The finest writers that I've known so often is their story is already there. And this is what I believe about a lot of YouTube. Your story is already there. It's just a question of uncovering it. One of the finest young writers, um, this is a young guy. He's a writer already. He's, 20, you know, a sophomore in college. Uh, he comes from a well-to-do Mexican-American family in South Texas. Uh, he wrote one very powerful story about, it's about a family, Mexican-American family, going to a park on the border. And they have, oh, the kids have war toys, and they're, and they're clearly well-to-do. The car, the father's very successful. They go, the kids are playing war games, they're 10 or 11. There's descriptions of seeing farm workers in fields. And a little bit later, the boy goes off on his own, and he discovers there is a, um, an illegal alien is, has been shot and is wounded, is laying in the bushes. And this kid, this kid with his little plastic gun, he doesn't know what to do. And he goes back to his parents, he doesn't say anything, and he gets something to eat, food, and he comes and brings it back to this man who is dying. And then he, he never mentioned it, comes back to his parents and then his description of the drive home again. And, and this uh, young student, it's as if he already knows his story. In other words, the, the intrinsic, you know what I was talking about, what's at stake and what the conflict is? For him, that story about being torn, about the nature of his own identity and who he sides with, it's already there, you know. My sense is a lot of the, you, there is this internal story already in there um, that you're really, un, you know, you're avoiding in one way or the other. You know, are you afraid to go to the, my first novel is autobiographical novel. I thought it was about all this other stuff when I was covering. I really was afraid to go for the big stuff that really wasn't so pretty and really wasn't so nice. There's a uh, young writer I know, he said, he said, you know, I think to write anything good, maybe you need to write about what you're ashamed of. <laughs> you know, and there is something to that. It's about those things that you haven't made your mind up about yet, about your own experience. That's what I mean. The other thing I mean about uh, um, it's discovery along the way. You think you know what your life is about? You don't know. It's a mystery to you. The platitudes that we could tell, we, we tell one another about what our lives mean right now. Um, 
I just trust them. Um, I, I don't think we know what our experience means, and I think that's one of the you know, blessings of being a writer, is at least we have a chance to explore that and to go after that. Another young writer who a, was a, quite a fine poet came to me, wanted to write fiction, and the, f the first things were so terrible. Then he wrote a story that was very simple. It was about a visitation of, well, let's say, remember, the, he and his brother were fairly young and the, the parents were divorced. And it was being, you know, being dropped off by his mother and visiting his father. And the fa he knew what the weekend would be like. His father would hold, you know, shake his hand for a little too long. And it would, his hand would be sweating and then he'd play tennis. And his father would introduce him to the friends at the club. And the story was very harrowing. It was about a kid, you know, pushing away the love of a parent. And everyone in the class said, this is the first time this is a story. This is a real story. And I saw him. I looked over and he looked so disturbed. He really, he was upset. And he said, I don't know, you know, what would they think if they read it? And, um, you know, how am I going to deal with this? And all, all this kind of stuff. And I said, one of the things... Is is uh, everybody thinks in the beginning that the whole idea of uh, that literature is going to cost you something? You know that there is a cost is just a rhetorical idea. It is not a rhetorical idea. That one does have to be brave, and you have to go into your experience in a way, and sometimes confront things that you'd really rather not, and that you cannot be safe. There's nothing safe about what any of you are doing. You know, you're all uh, willing to commit a big part of your life to pull this thing off. And um, it, sometimes it takes a